Hello and welcome to Koshian Cast, the world's best sports anime fan podcast. My name is Matt, and joining me today is a special guest, Matt. Hello. Alright, so this is uh, officially episode one of Koshian Cast. This is our summer 2016 season wrap-up. Uh, we are going to be looking over the sports anime that came out in the over the last three months over the the summer 2016 season. Yeah, be, yeah, not necessarily the cream of the crop historically, but uh, we did watch all of them. There, there were three in total, three series that centered on a sport of some kind because that's that's our definition for this show of what we're watching, and uh, so. The first one was Days about soccer, and then there was also uh, Cheer Boys about a male cheerleading team, and Battery uh, about a middle school baseball team. Um, so we're going to be going through our uh, sort of a, a summary of each show, as well as our impressions and, and takeaways from each one for, for this season. Uh, so we're going to start off, I think, with uh, days um and just for the record it's spelled just like you'd expect d-a-y-s but it's in all caps yeah. because it is very exciting and everything is is very dramatic in this show and it's uh, very intense so they uh, need exclamation they, they don't need exclamation points uh, they just need capital letters uh, yeah I, I i can interpret your groaning correctly it's not a good show but no I don't want to put, you know, the the uh, cart before the horse. Anyway, so it, it's about a new uh, a high school freshman named Sukamoto, who is a very small and unathletic kid who is really only good at studying, but even the, he he really has no interests. Um, until one day, uh, the dreamy blonde boy who just transferred to the school uh, asks him to, to play football with him. And this is just the most exciting experience of his young life. And he decides that he the only thing he could ever want to do is play soccer. So he joins the high school soccer team, and he's immediately the worst player. Um, but... He has one special skill. Matt, do you do you want to tell me what Tsukamoto's special, absolutely incomparable skill is? He can run a lot. Yeah, he runs a lot. Just, just an immeasurable amount. You have no idea. He's the best. He's the best at running a lot. Yeah, he's not... He's not really good at anything else. It's unclear in the show whether he actually ever practices any skills at soccer. The only thing you really see him do in training is running laps with extremely inefficient running posture. Right. I just wanted to say real quick, I'm not saying that he's a good runner. I'm just saying he's good at running a lot. Not necessarily yeah. like he, he doesn't have technique at it. Yeah. He can no. just he can do it a lot. He can just run all day. That's Yeah. That's, and after 12 episodes, that's the thing he's still able to do at the end. You know, by episode three, it's clear that he's just the best runner in school because he runs constantly without rest in a really unhealthy way. Um, and by the end of the series, he's still terrible at soccer. 
and he is still really good at running and that's it so anyway um the the basic arc of this show is that he joins the high school soccer team he runs a lot everyone hates him because he's so bad at soccer but then he proves that he just loves soccer more than any of them and they're all able to love soccer more than ever because they see the passion with which he plays and with which he runs um and they all kind of have a little crush on him for no <laughs> clear reason. Um, right. I think there, there's a lot of characters in this show. And one of, one of the many problems with Days is that it has an entire soccer team's worth of characters. And it tries to give them all roughly equal screen time. Um, except for Sukimoto, the main character, who obviously gets more. Um, and what that results in is a lot of underdeveloped character arcs. Right. Because really the only characters who really matter are Tsukamoto and Jin to a lesser extent. And Jin is the, the blonde boy oh, he meets in the first episode. Yes. He's basically, he's the hot guy. Yeah. And um, so Jin is like a soccer prodigy who takes Tsukamoto under his wing but then he learns passion for soccer because of Tsukamoto's excellence and, it's and to be fair he's actually the only character I buy who would actually like learn that from him yeah because none of the other characters have ever really been established as like needing more passion for the sport yeah I mean this is sort of the school is portrayed to be like one of these elite soccer schools so everyone there is an you know an elite soccer player but um somehow they learn extra passion from the kid who's good at running and terrible at soccer yeah exactly anyway i i would go through the list of characters but there are so few that matter um right there there are tons of characters but none of them have much of an impact on the story um they're all underdeveloped uh the the one other character i want to mention that i like is the the team captain mizuki right um oh yeah definitely he's the only other character he's pretty much the only character who you can ever really get like a laugh out of yeah he's tolerable uh and he does have some excellent jokes uh in the show and he's clearly in terms of the few sections that they did animate for him uh he's a pretty fun character to watch play soccer um but i i could transition right here just into so the, so the first major issue with Days I had was the huge cast that was all underdeveloped. The second one was the clear lack of an animation budget. Right. And here's the interesting thing about it. Because I was like, because we've talked about that a little bit. I'm not even entirely sure if it's a budget thing. Because you'd be surprised to hear su uh, like certain like really big series that are kind of known for their animation actually didn't have as high of an animation budget as you might think. Uh, one Punch Man is the one that comes to mind. Oh. Uh, where apparently they only had kind of like a middling budget for it, but they made it look like phenomenal in motion. Yeah. Um, to me, it just kind of comes, it like, I, bu budget's certainly an issue here. I think it's also kind of a lack of passion from like anybody on staff. Hmm. So you're saying that they made a show about a kid who is driven completely by his passion for soccer and changes the world because of it but they didn't have passion for the animated <laughs> novel. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Like, I mean, I'm sure budget was an issue there as well. Like, 
I mean, the fact that there are several key motion, like, pivotal moments in each soccer match that are not actually animated, like, yeah, there's definitely a budget issue there as well. Yeah, it's just, it, it gets to the point of absurdity with how many action shots are still frames that they just pan over slowly. And, like, there are some times in, like, sports anime where they can kind of get around that because they, like, shake the screen around some. They, they kind of try and add some, like, some sense of motion to the still frame. Like, uh, I think Baby Steps actually does this more than you might expect with some of, like, the tennis matches. But you still feel involved in the match yeah. just by the way they manipulate the shot. But it's here. It's like they didn't care. Yeah, the and the uh, another thing I want to point out about Days, honestly, I mean, the, the takeaway is I have very few positive things to say about this show. Um, the other issue is that it doesn't seem terribly concerned with how the sport of soccer is played. Right. Um, it's not clear exactly what happened here. If again, maybe the staff doesn't care. Maybe the original author doesn't know much about soccer and just sort of animated what worked for the narrative not what worked made sense for the sport but they're the the kind of plays that they make are completely illogical they have a lot of instances where forwards will appear right back by the goal and make some amazing defensive block by the goal where in any logical soccer match they would be nowhere near there um they have multiple characters getting, like, triple and quadruple teamed. Yeah. Which makes you wonder what all the other players are doing when no one's on them. Like, that's right. a terrible strategy. Um, it, it feels like they're playing soccer sort of the way that, you know, six-year-olds play soccer. Where they just <laughs> run in big bunches up and down the field without much strategy. Yeah, yeah. that You know, that's an excellent way to put it. Yeah. Like, literally, it's like... How somebody who is first playing the sport would actually play it. Yeah. Um, which is hilarious because they have this tendency to hyperbolize so much when they talk about the attributes of these soccer players. Um, you know, especially for the last match in the series against their big rival school, the coach refers to four of the opponents as, like, legendary gods right um and, and it's then like, oh, sorry i was just gonna say that and and then he goes on to describe several of his own team members as the legendary gods of our own it's like in what universe <laughs> is an adult gonna describe a bunch of 16 year olds as legendary gods <laughs> like that's what gets me is like it's it's so detached from any sense of reality that it's it's right i, I know we don't watch anime for realism but this is just a a step too far. Well, here's the here's my issue with that is that it's not going like so in a series that I've been watching this past series food uh, season Food Wars. Um, they do stuff like that, but the series is kind of constantly over the top. Yeah. Like it can get away with constantly referring to char characters as like these grand legends of like the food industry who are only like 15, 16 years old because the the theming is very over the top in days it's not really generally yeah like it's pretty grounded and down to earth most of the time but then when they actually start talking about the sport it's like oh these legends of the sport it's like that doesn't really work for the sort of tone you guys are working for 
Yeah, I mean, it's also different because with Food Wars, it's sort of a fantasy setting. Like, we, we know that there's no life-or-death food academies out there where you get kicked out for failing a single exam. Yeah, exactly. Um, but we know that there are high school soccer teams in Japan, so it's it's supposed to be a more realistic setting, but they don't treat it realistically. Yeah. So, anyway, I don't want to dwell on days any more than I have to, um, aside from the fact that it's going to be continuing in the fall, so I will have to. Um, but <laughs> we'll yeah, get to you, that. Do you have any final thoughts on, on days before we move on? He sure runs a lot. That's I'll give him that. Yeah, but I think maybe my favorite refrain was people always being surprised by how much he runs and how that <laughs> is like an integral part of the plot of most episodes. Um, I will. I do want to say one thing is that the last episode of the season did have a little bit of promise because yeah. because the whole wrap up of that episode was that basically what happened was that they actually lost the games against their big rivals. And it was largely because of Sukumoto's fault. Oh, well, it was largely Sukumoto's fault. Yeah. And there is actually some general like drama that results at, that results to that. Like, and I don't know. I felt that at least worked out like okay, just on the basis of their kind of acknowledging like, look, Sukumoto is completely like he is completely out of his league and you guys are re- trying to like rely on him. Yeah. It's going to come back and hit you. Yeah. Ho- hopefully that sets up some interesting narrative points in the second season, but I right. don't know. This show has disappointed me so completely that I'm not banking on it. Yeah, I know. I'm not banking on it either, but I just, I did want to mention that the last episode wasn't, was, wasn't bad. And that the post credit sequence got probably the hardest laugh I have ever gotten out of the series. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. You should, you should definitely, um, go back and check it out uh if if for that alone but overall i can't can't really recommend the show oh yeah no no not at all all right matt do you want to discuss cheer boys i mean i don't but i will okay (laughs) okay so uh, cheer boys is i would say it's it was the biggest disappointment of the season yep because we both had very high expectations for it and it didn't really work out so the general plot is that Herky, uh, the main character, Haruki, and his best friend, uh, Kazuma, who are generally referred to as Haru and Kazu throughout the rest of the show, and how that is how we'll be referring to them from here on out, uh, they used to be members of the judo club in high school, and it followed on, uh, carried on into college. Uh, Haru, however, got injured and used it as an excuse to quit the club. He... The implication is that he didn't really want to be in the club in the first place and just left. Uh, and, but just kind of use the injury just to kind of get him out. Now, after he does that, uh, Kazu proposes to him that they start a club exclusively for men's cheer- cheerleading to carry on his dead parents' legacy as cheerleaders. And then throughout the course of the series, they accrue mem- uh, new members till they finally have a sizable team to go take on national tournaments. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, the my major takeaway from the series is pretty disappointing. It starts off promising enough because the way the series is structured at first is that they have this kind of satisfying way of moving, of transitioning between like new characters and learning a little bit more about the sport of cheerleading. Like for like a great way to like go about this is like when the character Show joins the team, who ends up kind of like coaching them. 
they have to learn the back handspring in order to basically impress him. And by doing so, they end up learning more about, like, back handspring and what's it, what its purpose is within the sport. And that's the sort of thing I generally like about the series. But then the problem is they have this big, like, cheerleading session. That's, like, this big public cheerleading session. And... It's at the school festival. Yeah, it's at the school festival. Thank you. Yeah. And... When they do this, they suddenly get a bunch of different members joining the team who basically have no introduction. And the way it's done, it feels like they should have had an introduction. Well, yeah. I mean, if I remember correctly, what happens is they have a pretty cool... Like, the the, the original seven members of the cheerleading team have a pretty cool cheer sequence. Pretty well animated. You know, it was a high point in the show. Uh... And then they just flash to the next episode, and there's suddenly nine new members of the cheer team all sitting together happily, having already joined without any introduction. You do just hit, get hit with them all at once. And then suddenly you went from a small cast of seven to You know, you kind of have, like, a small underdog, like, plucky underdog story here with a bunch of, like, unlikely people to be cheerleaders you have like Tan, who's like the fat guy he's not really athletic you have wataru this kind of weirdo who probably shouldn't be talking with other people but is and is very outspoken yeah uh you have show who like he has kind of a chip on his shoulder uh but yeah that's kind of the problem it's like you have kind of a solid cast there already and then like when they have this big session like there was it seems like there was something that happened in between the fifth and the sixth episode. Yeah. Because what happened was there was... There was kind of like a 5.5 episode, which was basically just a recap of the first five episodes. And then at the very end, they mentioned, oh, all these people are joining the team now. Yeah. And it feels like something happened in production where, like, somebody, like, didn't realize the budget, like, and they didn't realize that they didn't have the time to get to the point where they... Like, to the point in the story that they wanted to by the end, with, like, how many episodes they were getting. Or it felt kind of like... And this was kind of my theory, was that they cut out a lot of content from the original light novels or or from the manga. Where they actually went through the story of how all of these other characters joined. Just so that they could kind of get to this point where they had the entire team complete. Yeah. It, it wasn't it wasn't actually based on a manga it was just a novel yeah no so I there isn't there is a manga but the manga is also based off the light novel my bad oh yeah you're right you're right uh and it's like and there are all these different characters who just join and they're all supposed to have satisfying character arcs and okay so the best example I have is like the punk trio I don't know their names I don't really care about their names really neither does the series they're the punk guys they're that's what they are. And the final episode, like, goes through, like, like it discusses, like, their character arc, where, like, the like the head of the punk trio was basically, like, you know, I always wanted to be, like, this big, tough guy. And, like, you know, I wanted to be this real manly man, and so I kind of created this punk image for myself, because I thought that's what would make me a man. And But I discovered through this club that that's not necessarily what it does. And it's like, you didn't really do anything. Yeah, he didn't, he didn't earn that, because... Yeah. He just acted a very specific way. He talked a lot about, like, what it means to be a man. And he had no real change over that whole period of time. 
And right. then in the last episode, he had a massive realization right before the end credits. Right, exactly. And, and that pretty much fits for the rest of the cast. Like, I, I, I don't even want to go into it because the the names and the characters in this show don't matter. Because right. they get, like, a half episode or an episode worth of development... And then they decide that their character arc is complete, and then they're all just happy members of the cheerleading team. Right. You know, they all discover, through whatever half-baked circumstance, that they have a true and undeniable love of cheerleading. No one quits permanently. The only person who quits gets led back because they realize he just loved cheerleading so much that he had to quit. I mean... I, I don't even want to go into details with this show because it just falls on its face when it tries. Right. Um, it, I, I'm with you that this show, production-wise, fell apart after the fifth episode because who knows what happened. Um, so, uh, there is one thing I like that they tried with the series, like, after that point, is that they, ba- they have, like, the next two episodes after everybody kind of joins... They do kind of have, like, a small club crisis between uh, Broccoli Dude, the comedian, and uh, the prick uh, Hisashi. That's what I have in my notes, anyway, that's his name. Where they, basically, it's like, they have to deal with the circumstances of this club growing way too fast. Yeah. And, like, so they have, like, conflicting personalities that need to learn how to get along and it's like, I like that they tried something with that. Yeah, they just couldn't sustain it. And then after two episodes, they dropped it. Yeah. And just had little developments. Um, I think that ultimately the big issue for, for me was that every character seemed designed uh, somewhat cynically to yeah. appeal to a specific fangirl fetish. Right. Um, without having any of the complications that would come from that character. Like, you have a group of three delinquents who act like the biggest gentlemen in the show. So why make them delinquents? You know, it, it all felt very cheap. Um, anyway. Yeah, no, I entirely agree. Now, one thing I will give them is that they really kind of found, like, they really delved deep into, like, the different things, like, the different types of fangirl fetishes. Like, a lot of ones that aren't even generally, like, considered. Like, most of the time. Because you have Tan, who's kind of the more portly one. Yeah. Uh, you have uh, Takeru, or Broccoli, because uh, he's a class clown. Like, you don't see a lot of those those types in a lot of things. Well, yeah. A lot of... I mean, how many, how many fangirls are thinking about pairings for the Chinese transfer student character? Right. Like, it's... I, I guess they... They assembled every possible pairing they could for... Right. But, uh, again, it's a little bit impressive, but mostly disappointing because none of them are fleshed out, so it all just feels cheap and surface level. Right, exactly. If they're not going to flesh them out, then really what's the point of actually having each and every single one of these different types of characters? Yeah. Yeah, so overall thoughts on Cheer Boys, Matt? Uh, I wouldn't bother. Yeah, me, Uh, me neither. Um... I would say it's worth watching the uh, opening sequence. Oh yeah, the the opening is the is a delight. Yeah, the opening's good, and then it's worth uh, finding on YouTube the school festival performance. Yeah, uh, I would agree with middle, that from the middle of the series because that is honestly 
the only performance that they actually animate completely. <laughs> their budget runs out so bad that their second major performance uh, in qualifiers, they don't animate at all. And their final performance at nationals, they only animate half of and use the rest for flashbacks from other episodes. Yeah. Um, so it is just uh, an almost shocking disappointment. I was really hoping for big things from a show about male cheerleaders. Right. I was at least hoping for something on the level of, like, free, you know? It's something... It, yeah, it, it was going to appeal to... Because that's clearly of... what this series was trying to be. It was trying to be free. Yeah, it was trying to appeal to this Fujoshi crowd who sort of liked fantasizing about male characters and, ooh, what if they're in love, whatever. Um, and also just, like, looking at attractive... Um, strongly built male characters and that's all well and good if it's executed well but nothing about this was executed right. well. And that's kind of the thing that's kind of my big take takeaway from this is that really the cheerleading in the series kind of feels like it's an inconvenience for that. Yeah. It like just they kind of view they kind of view it as being like well yeah they're cheerleaders but we really don't want to focus that much on it. Yeah. It's um, like, that's that's really getting in the way of hot guys being hot guys, you know? I wonder if... Because it, it, it is an interesting last note, and then we'll move on, is that this was actually... The the novel was based on real events about a real male cheerleading team at a college that was started by a guy who just wanted to try cheerleading with a, an all-male team. Um, I wonder them watching it if they find anything about it that is even remotely resembles their experience <laughs> i can't imagine there's much. yeah but anyway so moving on to our third and, and final sports series of the summer which kind of just wins as being the best of the summer by default and to be fair it is interesting yeah battery um so uh, battery is interesting in that it's based on a relatively well-known Japanese uh, young adult novel by the same name that has been adapted a, a number of different ways. So um, this is just sort of, the, this is the most recent adaptation of a story that's pretty well-known or at least widely distributed across Japan. So that's sort of a funny twist in that most of the major story points, you know, there, there's no surprises because it's an adaptation right. of a well-known story. But anyway, um, there's there's only a few core characters. The main character is a, a middle school baseball player named Takumi uh, who moves to the countryside, moves to a new town. Um, and the only thing he's interested in is playing on the baseball team for whatever school he ends up in. He's incredibly cocky. And he is self-assured that even if he joins a terrible baseball team, he's going to bring them to the national tournament to Koshien um, just on the strength of his pitching alone. Um, the It's a little... Anyway, it, he, he's a pretty insufferable character uh, for at least the first half of the show. Um, but that's, that's part of the point, I guess. Um, the, the, the main thrust is that he meets uh, another character named Go, who is a catcher on the, the baseball team. He's really kind. He's very social. He loves baseball, and he gets really excited when Takumi comes to town. Their first interaction, they end up playing baseball. 
Um, and he just gets so excited that Takumi is going to be on his team. Um, as the series progresses, he gets sort of uncomfortable that Takumi's so much better and Takumi not, might not need him um, as much. Uh, Takumi also has a, has a younger brother named Seiha who is vaguely sickly if or with an unidentified disease and that's why they had to move to the mountains whatever that means um and Seha just wants to play baseball like his brother um and then uh there, there's a couple other teams there's there's the captain of the baseball team who hates Takumi because Takumi doesn't play by the rules and the captain of the baseball team has had to suffer the rules, and he he hates that that Takumi is so special. Uh, real oh. quick, actually, that's um, I hate to correct you here. Uh, the captain is actually a different character from that. You're thinking of the former catcher. Oh yeah, you're right. Um, sorry. Yeah. yeah. So, and the captain is a a, a guy named Kayonji who just just loves baseball, and he he's honestly not that important. Um, <laughs> And then there's there's the coach of the baseball team. So all, all these people come together, and I, I'm just going to give it over. Basically, the first half of the series focuses on Takumi joining the baseball team and being really arrogant and kind of a prick and saying that he is above the rules. And when so when they tell him to get a haircut, he refuses because it has nothing to do with baseball. He insists that he's going to be the, the best starting pitcher on the team, even though he's a freshman. It rubs a lot of people the wrong way. Uh, the catcher, the the original catcher of the, the baseball team, not go. The original catcher of the baseball team organizes several of the third years. Um, and they ambush Takumi in a storage locker. They pull up his shirt, takes off his belt, and he whips him. He Oof. whips Takumi until he draws blood as revenge for Takumi thinking that he's special and not playing by the rules. Um, and that's sort of the big turning point in the show. Uh, it gets reported. The uh, baseball team gets suspended from play while they figure out what happened. Uh, the kids who, who did it get kicked off the team, um, but not actually punished because they want to uh, protect their futures which is an unfortunate plot element um but probably true to society uh with, with how things work for um offenses with minors sometimes right. um and then from there uh Kionji, the the captain of the baseball team tries to find a game that they can play for themselves because he's really frustrated that they're not allowed to play baseball so he goes and he talks to the captain of the best team in the district and asked to set up a practice game. Eventually they set up a practice game because the captain sees Takumi's fastball and uh, they're interested to uh, play against him. So they set up a, a practice game. They play the, the big hitter uh, is a guy named Mizugaki, uh, excuse me, is a guy named Kadawaki. Yeah. Um, he's like one of the best hitters in Japan. He obsesses over Takumi and wants to see if he can hit his pitch. And then there's another character named Mizugaki who also plays on that, that rival team who sort of ends up being a foil uh, to Takumi in, in a lot of ways and con contrasts sort of the 
the the sing the single mindedness with which Takami plays baseball because he's uh, more experienced and he he also spends a lot of the series sort of baiting Takami and Go and Katawaki into revealing their true motivations, um, and eventually they they do play a complete practice game. Um, Takami and Go become much much better friends after a period where Go was too embarrassed with how much better Takumi was at baseball than him and they're able to take their friendship into the future um whereas their foils uh Kadawaki and Mizugaki sort of go their their separate ways now that was sort of that was a dramatic oversimplification of the plot there's a lot that I left out um but sort sort of the there, there's a couple interesting themes I'm not gonna go and there's nothing that spoilery about it the results of the plot the fact that they end up playing a game isn't really that interesting you, you can outline the the basic points of the plot without spoiling anything about the show right because it's not really about how it ends it's really more about it is one of those series that's really more about the journey and kind of appreciating how they set it up it's about yeah. kind of taking in the atmosphere of it yeah, I think it's a really strong coming-of-age story about how to learn to be passionate about something without being obsessive. Um, I think that there's there's a lot of interesting themes. So in, instead of going too much in, into details with the plot, I just want to wrap up on, on Battery by talking about some of the themes that that we got from it if, if you want to start matt yeah yeah not a problem uh so one of the biggest uh takeaways was kind of there was this big conflict between the social pressure to succeed and individual freedom that people feel so i saw this mostly in katawaki the the very talented batter who basically is just constantly like terrified of all this pressure that he feels towards like, basically succeeding, because he's going to school on a baseball scholarship. And right. if he loses, that I mean, that's it for him. Like, he doesn't have a future anymore. Yeah. And, unfortunately, the problem with this pressure is that it tends to make us forget, like, why we're actually doing what we want to do. Yeah. And that's... And I think that's largely the major, like, conflict between Kalawaki and uh, Takumi. Or, yeah. I was gonna actually say Takumi. Yeah. Why he's kind of so enamored with Takumi. Because Takumi, in a way, he wants to go to Nationals. He wants to do well. But it's really just because he wants to play baseball. Yeah. And I think that's also why Mizugaki is so, like, disgusted with Katawaki. Because Katawaki is so obsessed with this idea and can never really, like, come to grips with it. And Mizugaki just gets so frustrated with him. Because he can't see that, like, baseball is actually fun to play. Yeah, and Andy can't see that if he doesn't succeed, there's still other things out there, you know. He right. doesn't have to be the best. Even though he is the best currently, that's not what he'll always be. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, that's a, that's kind of a thing that they discuss also about, uh, kind of going back to Takumi. It's one of the things that they discuss in the series about how he's all alone on the mound, and he'll never really know the world if he just stays on the mound all the time. Like, you don't have to just necessarily, like, fit into just one simple niche. Like, you can test out other positions in baseball. Yeah. Like, you don't what... have to just stick with one with one thing. Yeah, and that, and that's one thing that 
the grandfather character who I didn't talk about emphasizes to Takami as well. Takami always talks about how much he loves baseball, but the grandfather character always brings it back to there's more to life than the one thing you're doing. Right. You need you need to have broad experience and see if your passion is born out of, you know, real love of the sport or if it's just because it's the only thing you've been exposed to. Right. Um, I think that's sort of a message that kids always need to hear because uh, it seems a lot these days, maybe this is just my perception and who knows what it's like in Japan, but it's probably somewhat similar, that there's so much professionalization in a lot of things that used to be leisure that, you know, just using baseball as an example, if kids aren't playing baseball all year round, you know, even in their early teens, then they're behind. Then yeah. all the other kids are getting better. And then there's this terror that they'll never be able to catch up in terms of skill. And it forces kids who should be playing baseball for fun into playing baseball for work at a young age just to keep up because they're terrified they'll be left behind. And then they can't play any other sports. They can't explore their other interests. And I think it's always legitimate for a show to say, look, it's not worth doing if you don't know why you're doing it. If you're just playing baseball out of fear that you'll get left behind, there's no point in doing it at all because um, you've missed the point. Yeah, exactly. I, I remember when we were uh, when I was watching this because you kind of you you watched it before I did generally. Yeah. And one of the things I kept pointing out to you was like, this really feels like an anti shonen almost. Yeah. Because it's like, this isn't what it would be like if the heroes in, like, a shonen anime actually had to, like, deal with the real world. Totally. Yeah. Like, because Takumi just has this natural idea because he's the best, so he should be able to be... He has this natural ga talent that should let him do whatever he wants. And that's not really how it should work. Mm -hmm. like, it's not necessarily it's, a he, gift. It's not necessarily a gift, you're right. It's like... You have other things that you can do beyond baseball. Like, it, this doesn't have to just be your life. Which is oftentimes what happens in a lot of sports series where the sport essentially ends up becoming their life and it becomes sort of this romantic romanticization of the sport and this complete and other devotion. This kind of, like, takes a step back. It's like, you know, guys, like, maybe we can pull away from this. Yeah, and should we be developing our children to only care about one thing because... What happens when you're not that good, as good at baseball as you thought you were? Right. Um, and it, a bad sports show refuses to acknowledge that possibility. Right. Um, like days. Uh, yes, exactly. But a good sports show like Battery asks those questions about what it's, what's it actually like to play a sport, or be just you know, treating it as a metaphor. Be passionate about a thing when you're not the best at it. Um, I want to sort of take a side note to what we're talking about here and say that one of the other themes I really liked about it was that it com it combats the narrative of overwork. Um, right. There's a big trend, you know, you see it in anime, but you also just see it in Japan. You see it all over the world where singular, single-minded devotion to a specific thing will make you the greatest at it. So, the the example here is pitching single minded if you just throw the baseball a million times if you just throw constantly you'll be the best at throwing which on one level seems to make sense 
but on another level has caused untold numbers of elbow injuries in Japanese and American baseball players. Um, because they're so obsessed with throwing and being the best pitcher and being the only pitcher who can stand on the mound that uh, they blow out their arms and this is seen as, you know, a courageous act or a warrior act. Right. We do that in America, too. It is not something that is unique to Japan. Um, There are more high school students getting reconstructive elbow surgery now in the U.S. than there have ever been um, because of the way we fetishize young baseball talent um and just keep pushing them to throw harder and harder and harder and more and more and more and do it all year um so that's sort of a brief aside but um our podcast is called koshian cast because we named it after the national baseball tournament that's take takes place at koshian uh, baseball stadium in japan um because Koshien is sort of a motif that is used generally in in anime to talk about going to nationals or taking your team to nationals or being the best in your sport. It's sort of this this idyllic almost um, end goal that every sports anime seeks, whether it's actually Koshien in a baseball anime or just a a similar national tournament in another sports anime. Um, and so that's just sort of uh, uh, a consistent theme in, in right. sports but uh if you actually look at the actual koshien tournament in japanese high school baseball one of the big problems is over pitching where coaches will pressure high school students to be throwing over 150 pitches in a single game you know two and three days in a row which is just practically dooming their their ability to pitch in the future and causing real health risks. So um, all, all that is to say, I appreciate what battery does, whatever it can do to discourage the myth of just single-minded devotion to a sport, because it really, it ends up hurting a lot of people. Yeah. And you know, honestly, it's kind of a shame too, because a lot of people didn't like battery from what I've seen. It's kind of, it's, Probably not the least popular thing that came out of the season, yeah. but a lot of people kind of took it away as a, like, oh, this, this series is terrible because it doesn't really go in depth with the sport, like something like Ace of the Diamond does, yeah, uh, where they actually, like, go really in depth with how the game is played. <clears throat> Takumi is just, like, this terrible, unlikable character. People just don't seem to care about each other, and just everything just seems toxic in this series. And it's like, and it's a shame, like, I would not cite it as one of my favorite series, but... It was definitely an interesting experience, and I'm glad that I gave it a shot. Yeah. Yeah, the last thing I want to say about this is that there are some de- some definite... Um, it's, there's some, like, boys love subtext um, about... And, and it's it's an interesting tack because the, the author of the, the anime specifically... Yeah, this is based on an old work, but the, the author who adapted this for the anime has mostly written... Um, boys love series in the in the past right. or, uh, basically like uh, homoerotic um, fiction in the well because that's the interesting thing because from my understanding it's like it wasn't even it's not even necessarily homoerotic it was more like about sexual exploration 
Like, it wasn't really written to be, like, tantalizing, I guess. Yeah, you're right. I, I, I misused the term. Oh, no, you're fine. I'm just saying, I just, I think that's interesting in going into it knowing that about the author and then reading some of the subtext. And there are some people who have done some fantastic work analyzing that online. I'm not about here, like, gonna be here just basically reciting what they did, like, way better than I ever could have. Yeah, but I, but I think it's legitimate, and I think what this does is... The thing I like about it is it has a main text, which is, one, adapting an, a story that people know and love, and two, criticizing um, the sort of the way that sport can be played in Japan with single-minded yeah. devotion. So that's the text. There is a subtext about um, learning to accept being um, an... Ha- basically being a homosexual in japan right. um and there's a lot of subtle ways that it communicates that where it's basically functioning like a dog whistle where the people who can hear it and look for these signals and look for these themes will notice it right um, and the people for whom it's not relevant won't notice it um and so it's not necessarily saying, trying to say like, oh, all these middle school boys are gay, whatever. Um, it might be, but it, it more more than that, it's saying this is a way that this this narrative is a way for you to understand how to accept yourself as a homosexual in Japan and how to move forward in a way that's you know born out of confidence and not out of fear. Um, so again, we can't do it justice, and it's certainly not my area of expertise to talk about, um, boys love subtext. Right. Uh, but I, I do, I do think it's there. I don't know if I can pinpoint every point where it's there, but it's a consistent enough subtext that even I, as uh, a straight white American, can sort of pick up on it. So Same. I, I think it, you know... I think it matters. I think it's worth discussing. And I think if, you know, a quick Google search will help you find it better than, than we ever could do it justice. Anybody doubting it, just, I'm just going to throw this out there. There are no girls in this series, okay? Yeah. that That's a factor. And that's, I mean, that's a factor in a lot of sports anime where there's not many girls. But in this one, there's there's none. There, there's yeah. like the main character's mother and Go's mother. And that's, and they are barely there. Yeah. Um, so there, there's a lot of reasons. Um and we may include a, a link to, to an article about it. But anyway, um, so I want to move on uh, and briefly summarize uh, what the fall schedule is going to look like. So um, like we said uh, in episode zero, every season we're going to watch and uh, review episode by episode every anime that centers on a sport that comes out each season. Um, so we're going to do that uh, somehow uh, because... Well, we'll figure it out. We'll, we'll, we'll do it. Yeah. So the fall 2016 season, um, we didn't really expect this, but there are 10 shows that are centered on a sport uh. of some kind. Um, <laughs> so we're just going to run through them real quick. We're going to um, talk about when the show is going to premiere, uh, a quick summary of its premise, um, how many exclamation points are in the title? Because for some reason, that's a theme this year. And then what our expectations are uh, for the, the season. And then, you know, may, maybe at the end of the season, we'll, we'll look and see whether those expectations were borne out. 
Yeah. Um, so uh, we're also going to split these up. I'm, I'm going to be responsible for um, five of these shows, and Matt's going to be responsible for five. We're both going to watch most of them, um, but uh, we're going to be responsible for watching R5 more closely than the other. Yes. Anyway, so uh, the first one is Days, which is continuing. It had a week off, but it's continuing uh, with its season two premiere on October 1st. Uh, the premise we've discussed, uh, it will exemplify more terrible an- uh, animation and nonsensical soccer. Uh, <laughs> there are no exclamation points in the title, but it is in all caps, so that's something. Um, and my expectations for the season, uh, I expect that it will somehow deteriorate further uh, and magically give Sukumoto the ability to play soccer for the first time ever. <laughs> Um, well, I'm expecting a lot of still shots of per- uh, pivotal turning points in soccer matches and for people to be really impressed by how much Tsukamoto can run. Yeah, that's definitely consistent. Yep. Um, so also premiering on October 1st is Tiger Mask W. Uh, this is based on an old uh, anime, I believe from the 70s, called Tiger Mask about pro wrestling which was based on an actual pro wrestler who wore a tiger mask. <laughs> um, so the, the premise is that there is a group of small-time professional wrestlers whose dojo is destroyed by an evil wrestling corporation. <laughs> um, and two of the members of this small dojo swear revenge, and one of them trains to become the new tiger mask, and the other one joins the evil organization and becomes, wait for it, Tiger the Dark. Oh, it's so awesome! Yeah, it's a great name. <laughs> um, there are unfortunately no exclamation points in the title. It, it doesn't um, need them, okay? Yeah. It doesn't need them. Yeah, I my expectation is, I, I think that this show is going to take professional wrestling really really seriously um and that may end up being a bridge too far i I don't know if i'll be able to accept it on its own terms or not um but i hope i can Uh, i also expect for there to be a lot of animal masks that are way too responsive to human (laughs) speech Where you start wondering, like, wait, is that actually his head? Is, is that a real that rubber a mask? mask? Like, no. Like, is that just part of his face? Yeah. I expect to be very confused by that. What about you, Matt? Uh, uh, I I am really excited for this show. I really want it to be, like, as campy and stupid as possible. So I am also expecting a lot of really manly speeches about wrestling to also negate the fact that there is very little wrestling to go- going on. Yeah. And it will probably help also pad out the pacing. I, this one's a real dark horse. Like, this one could be amazing or it could be terrible. I think it's going to be memorable either way, though. I, I really hope that is the case. I am so excited for this one. Yeah. Alright. So, and so, I am covering Scorching Ping Pong Girls. Now, we don't know if that's the actual title, if that's going to be the real translated title. We may update that. Um, but that is for the more diehard, like, Romanji, like, Japanese speakers. Uh, that would be, uh, Shakunetsu no Takyu Musume. 
I have no idea if I pronounced that correctly, but I am going with it. Yeah. Uh, so basically, the general premise is that there is a high, there is a junior high school's ping pong team. Uh, they were defeated. Uh, now Koyori, the new girl uh, at her junior high, is at her junior high is joining the team. It looks to be an etchy based comedy series with girls who somehow look way too old and way too young to be in junior high. And I should have mentioned this also premieres Monday, October the third. Uh, there are no exclamation points in the title, so we have that going for us. Hmm. And I really, I really thought, based just on the title, on the translated title, I thought this really had the potential to be, like, this was my first Dark Horse. I took one look at the promotional image, and I just went, oh no. Just, I... Just based solely on the character designs, I am anticipating being very uncomfortable watching this. Yeah, I, I don't know if it's going to have much to offer. I my, my best impression from the summary and the initial artwork is that it's going to be attempting to be Lucky Star, but it's going to somehow be less memorable and less funny. Yeah, uh, that sounds about right. Yeah, I... I and you I are not very, one who likes Lucky Star either. I, I yeah, know. I don't even like Lucky Star. But I, uh, I don't know. I have very low expectations for this. I hope that I'm surprised. Um, yeah, like that scorch, sounds about... Scorching Ping Pong Girls. If nothing else, it has a good transliterated title. Yeah. Um, so sounds... the next one is uh, TQ. Uh, it premieres on Wednesday, October 5th. Uh, this is actually the eighth season of TQ. Um, it's been coming out since 2012. <laughs> Uh, it's basically a gag series. So the episodes are actually only two minutes long. And it's about a high school tennis club and all the wacky characters that are in this high school tennis club. It seems to feature like four female characters. Um, there are no exclamation points of the title. I haven't actually watched the first seven seasons, but since it'll take about an hour and a half to watch the first seven seasons, <laughs> I'm going to do those um, before it premieres. Um, I don't have many expectations. I expect it to be really, really fast-paced gags about inside cultural references that I, as an American, will never understand. <laughs> um, yeah, I kind of, we just sort of learned about the show, like, about two hours ago before we started recording, and we didn't realize this was a thing, but we did promise we were going to cover every sports series, so we're kind of obligated to do so we're going to be doing something kind of interesting where um matt here is going to be watching the entire series like yep. before we go into it and i am going to go into it completely blind yeah it'll be kind and of funny we'll to see, see how that kind of works out yeah it'll be funny to see if you can pick up on anything yeah um, or honestly if i can um so then next we have uh, a series called all out which uh, premieres on Thursday, <laughs> October 6th, my birthday. Happy birthday to me. Oh. Um, uh, the premise is that there's a short guy who shows up at high school. Um, he's never played rugby before, but get this. He meets a tall guy who does play rugby, and then they decide to both play rugby on the high school team. It's extremely exciting oh um, yes so uh it's spelled all hyphen out 
and there are two exclamation points at the we end. Finally, so, have some exclamation points. Yeah, we, we we put that in the description, and there weren't any yet, but th- there are some good ones. Uh, so it's all out with an exclamation point, and then another one. Um, <laughs> uh, this is the one that, as far as new series, that I had the highest expectations for. Because it, it looks like it's built just sort of as, as a classically strong sports shonen about a new guy who learns a new sport. We get to learn the rules of the sport along with him. He gets better. They build a team and they can compete. As long as it has a strong animation budget and um, it's not too focused on making the boys uh attractive to fujoshi and trying to to subtly pair them off or anything like as as long as that's not the complete focus there's going to be some of that regardless oh yeah no it's unavoidable any any sports show featuring male characters has to appeal to women who want to ship them and write write fan fiction about them like that that's just part of the equation these days you can't escape it and that's fine and i have no problem with that because you know that side of it is fun fun too um and i i kind of like the fact that sports series can appeal to men and women but i hope it's not just that um ultimately i hope that it can uh do what i shield should have done i shield 21 when it was turned into an anime i hope it can achieve the sort of strength that that story deserved um i i expect that there's going to be a lot of shipping but i also i also think they they're probably going to go a little too far with having a bunch of super manly stern (laughs) tough looking guys who are actually just like cute and nice and oh yeah love being polite and you know don't act like high school boys in the least Oh yeah, no, there is no doubt about that. Um, uh, th- your expectations are about in line with mine. I'm also expecting a lot of rugby techniques to be explained in a way that sound like it makes sense and are probably like how they're done. But it is, pr- but it is also possibly completely how of uh, like completely off base with how the sport is actually played. Again, I'm thinking about Ice Shield 21 and all the two point conversions that happen in that series. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It'll. I have, I have high expectations for it. Overall. Yeah, I, it is definitely the one we are looking out for most this next season. Yeah. And then, so I will be covering uh, Yuri on Ice. Uh, <laughs> that is going to be also Thursday, October sixth. So, happy birthday to you. Thank you. No problem. So the basic premise is that Yuri Katsuki was a figure skater for Japan and lost in the Grand Prix, which. In the summary I was reading, it didn't really make, like, it sounded like he was representing Japan, and he lost in, like, the Global Grand Prix, but I'm not really 100% certain. Anyway, the point is, he was, he lost in a big competition, now he's depressed, but a legendary figure skater appears before him uh, by the name of Viktor uh, Nikforov. i sorry for that Russian accent. I, I, I really shouldn't have done that. I do not know what I'm doing there. And he basically, he wants to work with him, and he brings him a new partner. Uh, So Yuri hopes to reclaim his glory with his new partner, also by the name of Yuri. Uh, And to convey the level of excitement and the number of Yuris in this series, there are two exclamation points. Yeah, two Yuris, two exclamation points. Uh, So my general expectation is, I mean, everybody's always been making the joke. It's Yaoi on ice. We all know. Yep. Uh, Like, 
they're like Yuri and Yuri are going to be have a vaguely to not so vaguely gay relationship. That probably nothing will come of it, and will probably end up a. I'm kind of expecting this one to be a disappointment, like like Cheer Boys, because I'm guessing they're going to spend way too much time on shipping the guys and not enough time on out on the ice rink. Yeah, I I don't know the the preview video. <clears throat> some of the animation looked pretty good. Um, really? Okay, I, I haven't seen the preview video yet. I'm hoping that. They and and it's getting a lot of publicity. I'm hoping that they can maintain that because a well animated figure skating routine would probably be pretty fun to watch. You are correct there. I would a hundred percent agree with you. But yeah, I I do think that the sort of the the shipping subtext may overpower it, but I I hope not. Um, I don't know. Uh, I I think that. They did release some of the, the imagery of the other characters, and my big expectation is that the Canadian character is not going to get enough screen time. <laughs> yeah, I know. Nobody... Yeah. Basically, I, I have nothing really to add to that. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the next up, we also have Keijo! Um... Mm. It will also premiere this October 6th on the Thursday yep. of that week. Yep, well said. Also your birthday, which doesn't really do anything for you, but we'll get into that later. Yeah. So, Nozomi uh, Kaminashi drops out of high school to participate in a new sport that's sweeping the nation. Keijo, a sport where you cannot use your limbs to knock your opponent off a platform. Most of the players seem to be girls, however, so I'm ex- there's going to be a lot of rubbing and bust- butts and chests together. In ways that are totally not sexual, people. Yeah, right. Yeah, I know. It's basically a fan service series. Yes. Um, I mean, the, well, with a premise like they have to knock each other off platforms into the water with their butts and breasts. Right. Like, yeah. It's almost impressive in that it's the purest, most absurd fan service premise. Right. I, the series, like, I've read just a little bit of the manga, I read it a little bit ago. And <clears throat> this series is too stupid to be, like, that embarrassed by, I would say. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's it's fun. Like, I... Uh... Oh, there are eight exclamation points, by the way, to convey the level of excitement that we are about to have. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I'm kind of expecting it to be a huge guilty pleasure of mine, and to and I will probably come up with several excuses as to why I enjoy it so much beyond the obvious reason. Right. Yeah, and I expect to not watch it because I love my fiance more than I love this podcast. <laughs> um, yeah, so I mean, part of the reason that um, Matt is going to cover it at all is because we did say we do every anime centered on a sport, and even though Keijo is a made up sport, it's still a sport. So it's still a sport, it. and it, it's interesting that they're actually going with a made up sport. <clears throat> yeah. All right. And so next of all, I will be doing Haikyuu season three. Uh, so, continuing from the last season, the boys of Kurosano High are up against Shiratorizawa, one of the dominating forces of men's high school volleyball. The entire season promises to cover this one single game. Can they have a compelling match without also dragging out the pacing to unbearable levels? Yeah, we'll see. We will see. Um, there are two exclamation points in this title. So, this, uh, we are kind of both in agreement here, um... Haikyuu, out of the recent, like, batch of, like, big Fujoshi-bait series, uh, 
like sports series that have come out, Haikyuu has far and away been the best one. Oh yeah, it's just so, a like Haikyuu is pro- is what I would call a modern classic of the genre. Yep, it is. A, it is a wonderful series, and I am expecting a lot of flashbacks cut in between vital moments uh, in each match to reflect on the character growth and what led up to each moment of the match, and to relish in every single moment of it. I am very excited for this. Yeah, um, I'm worried that it's going to be too much. Yeah. Like, 13 episodes about one match when... In in the last seasons, when they did four and five episodes for a single match, it, it felt like it dragged, so I'm, I'm kind of nervous. Yeah, um, I know. Uh, we're... I, I want to believe, though. I really yeah. want to believe. I, I mean, like... Haikyuu hasn't really ever disappointed me before, so... I will give it, I have reasonable expectations for it to succeed. I'm just so nervous that, I mean, I'm not so nervous, but like, I would just be, I would be sad if it it couldn't live up to the the hype from the old seasons. But it also is just like a great show, just in terms of how it depicts volleyball, how much you learn about the series, how well animated it is. It's just an exceptionally done show where you really feel the pressure of each point you feel the pressure and like this is really if like if i were to ever choose like a series to highlight like the spectacle of a sports series like haikyuu would be it yeah yeah no it's a good show let's hope it stays good yeah Um, so then and this is this is the second to last one there this will end eventually um the uh (laughs) the, the next show is long riders uh, it premieres on Saturday, October 8th. Uh, the premise centers around a female college freshman who doesn't really have any particular goals in college, but one day she notices someone riding a folding bike. That is directly out of the description. And this is, this is from the pitch, this quote. She notices someone on a folding bike and, quote, immediately falls in love with it and uses all her savings to buy one. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Uh, so Good. then, uh, o- over the the course of the show, she forms a long distance cycling team at her school, and then they presumably will uh, compete for a national competition. Um, there is one exclamation point, long riders, at the end of the title. Um, my expectations of the season. Uh, I don't really know. This one, I don't know what to expect. Clearly, people are going to be comparing it to uh, Yawapeda, which was the big, you know, men's high school cycling right. in anime recently. Um, but uh, I, I that probably isn't a fair comparison. I don't think it'll be as focused on the mechanics of cycling competitions right Uh, i don't think it'll be as as focused on like individual characters cycling prowess i think it'll be more a relational show which sucks because but because it heavily features women i don't think it'll be as much about you know achieving greatness in their sport unfortunately there aren't that many shows that feature women that treat the sport the same way that shows that feature men do um so i i expect a lot of emphasis on you know all these girls becoming friends and sort of a lot of not so subtle shots of 
girls doing cute things and being yeah. cute and like maybe implying like wouldn't you like to date a cute girl like this you know <laughs> yeah no i hear you it's <clears throat> i want it to be good like and i know it's like i want all of these shows to be good of course but yeah. like this one in particular it's kind of like you know i, I wasn't like a hundred percent sold on yawapeta so i'd like to have a good cycling show yeah. Like, not that Yawapeta is, like, bad, but no. I'd really like something a little better. Yeah. And so I'm kind of seeing, I'm kind of hoping from that, from that, but I'm kind of guessing that they're going to dance around the subject of marathon biking a lot, and it's really just going to be girls on bikes talking to one another in, like, sort of a slice-of-life type of series. Yeah. Which can be fine, but um, I just hope it's, whatever they decide to do with it, I just hope they can execute it without sort of fetishizing them so much and without making it cringy yeah that's that's kind of my stance like uh, we'll see we'll see yeah we'll give it the benefit of the doubt right and then finally we have march comes in like a lion which premieres saturday october 8th uh, the premise uh ray plays professional shogi he is lonely he moves in with girls and cats who will be the canon waifu that's about all i got yeah, this this one has a lot of hype and no yeah. exclamation points in the title. There are no, and so I don't know how much hype he can really be, but yeah. you know, <laughs> um, <laughs> we'll see. Um, so I guess I, I we should probably clarify something here real quick. He is a shogi player. Our general stance on this was we consider Chihaya Furu to be a sports series, which uses Karta a. A game that is played by matching by basically listening to poetry, Japanese poetry. So our general stance was: if we're going to consider that a sport, we're going to have to consider shogi a sport because yeah, it's basically Japanese chess, and chess is very arguably a sport. Yeah, absolutely. So I really don't know anything about this outside of the fact that it's been getting a lot of hype. Yeah, um, I did hear that one of the things I am excited about is the fact that Bump of Chicken. A band with a hilariously English name uh, is composing both the opening and the ending for this. I am a fan of Bump of Chicken. I can't say I'm like the world's biggest fan, but I like quite a few of their songs, so I am excited about that. Also, Shogi Lessons. Yeah, I, I read something recently that, that Bump of Chicken is, you know, it's supposed to mean Revenge of the Weakling. Oh, really? That's yeah, like, interesting. That's I didn't know that about them. Like, that's what they were trying to communicate with Bump of Chicken. It did not. It's like a chicken, you know, someone's a chicken. when they're Right, yeah, them. no, and they're, yeah, they're, they're bumping. Yeah, they're bumping. They're, like, kind of bumping their chest up against you, like, huh? You want some? Yeah, which... It, I did not get that from Would you the ever name. have gotten that? No. No, I would not have. I, I literally had no idea what they were trying to convey with that. Yeah, anyway, so my expectations for March comes in like a lion. Uh, you said that, you know, you expect to learn a, a lot about shogi, learn a lot about Japanese chess. I, for one, expect to learn very little about shogi. I think it's mostly going to be about relationships and people who happen to play shogi on the side. Um, yeah. I hope I'm, I hope I'm disappointed because I would really enjoy learning about shogi the way I learned about Karuta and Chihaya Firu, but um, I don't know. I'm not setting my expectations too high. I think it'll be produced well, though, because it, it clearly is coming in with a lot of hype. Right. Okay. Right, so, yeah, so this has uh, been a lot. Uh, there, there's a lot here. Um, I was glad to go over 
the summer season with you, Matt. Um, I enjoyed communicating with you while we watched it. <laughs> and we've got a lot of shows to watch in the fall. I'm sure we're going to be have a, have a lot to say about it. But I, oh, I'm yeah. looking forward to trying to keep up with these 10 shows and really compare them against each other. Oh, yeah. Um, compare them against recent trends and see see what sticks out and hopefully see a lot of things that defy our expectations. Yeah, let's see, because I mean, we got a lot. We got a lot going on here, so we got a lot that can uh, that can change around. Like, who knows? Like, maybe like Yuri on Ice will be like the the best of the season. Maybe Long Riders will surprise us. Yeah, maybe Scorching Ping Pong Girls won't be as cringy as we think. Who knows? Oh yeah, maybe. All right. Well, Matt, uh, thank you for doing this. This was fun. I look forward to our first. Uh, episode reviews of the fall season next week. Um, And until then, keep training.